Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's so great to talk to you today. I hope you're all doing fabulous. So we've talked about my bio and one of my favorite things to do is to work out. I love it. I'm into fitness. So meet my guest today. My guest is my trainer, my friend, and it's like a, another son to me, Sam Watts. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. How are you doing? Talk, we've been talking about doing this for a while. so We have been talking about doing this forever, and we finally, um, I know it's not Saturday when you're listening to this, but it is Saturday afternoon because you're busy. Yeah. You are so busy. Yeah, I've, since moving yeah. to the new place. So let me give you a little background on Sam. So um Sam, how I met you, it's, it's, we have a dear friend, um, Robert Miller, and we both take Pilates through Stephanie Perry and she was on here. Well, actually she's on here. She was on here a couple of weeks ago. And, um, Robert, I was looking for a new trainer in Fort Worth because I had a terrible back injury. And Robert said, you got to go because you need the trainer that is, that has, knows what they're doing, has a kinesiology major, knows exactly what he's doing. So you were just getting started at Strength Studio here in Fort Worth, correct? Correct. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, for not, it wasn't as serious of an issue, you know, Robert had come to me and we'd been working on his back issues mm. for a long time. Right. And uh, so I guess, I know, I remember him saying, I, wouldn't you tell me that you wanted a, a, a female trainer that was part of the struggle <laughs> <laughs> that's right i forgot I'm like, it has to be a girl but the, you're not a girl the problem is i think most people think of strength coaches as ginormous high t jack dudes and <laughs> and you're not. I'm, I'm quite the opposite right if you're watching on youtube he's not a <laughs> he's not a jack dude at all <laughs> He's not a jack dude at all, but he is Sam. He's our fabulous Sam. So, um, Sam, we're going to get into that. We, but how we all came about. But I want to talk about you have an accent there, and it's not from Detroit or Texas. So, you are from where? Well, I'm from the basically the outskirts of London, right on the edge of North London, and um, it was kind of where I grew up. Um, you know, I made my way here. Well, we have connections, with the, you know, TCU, mm -hmm. but that was, you know, if we backtrack up, uh, to, you know, why, I re how I really got here, I, you know, as started out as a soccer player, that was my dreams. Was that your, I mean, so soccer, soccer was your sport because your dad yeah. played sport. I mean, he played soccer, correct? Well, yeah. And, you know, it, growing up in the UK, that's, that's, Is the, that like, I guess the thing. I mean, like you football? Don't, it's not, yeah. I mean, well. Even more so because, you know, you have people that like football and baseball and basketball mm -hmm. here and it's, I mean, it's soccer and that's it. That's it. Right. So, I mean, every, uh, you know, guy grows up dreaming of being a professional soccer player. Right. That was my dream. I mean, we, I always knew I was fast. I just, I wasn't as skillful, right? you know, of a soccer player that I, I, would, I wouldn't have made as a soccer player. Right. Um, but you were fast. I was, I was, and you, you know, are. I, I, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not so much now, but the, you know, the track came to me, it was easy in high school. I just, I never had any problems, but, um, I would win all my school events and never really wanted to run. I wasn't super interested in it. Until the school events started 
taking up school time. Right. Oh, that's right. And I was like, oh, well, I can get out of class. Because <laughs> you could go to track <laughs> meets. Yeah, it was, I mean, the option when it comes down to like English versus mm-hmm. just, you know, running, I was like, well, I'll do it. Right. And so I, I remember the the defining moment for me was I, I won the, some 200 meter race and I remember the teacher telling me, man, you are like three seconds off of a world record. What? In high like, school? Yeah. And and, and I, I was like, man, that's really close. And I don't even train. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Come to find out, you know, three seconds in the sprints is just <laughs> so much. It's a it's races that... Is it really? Yeah. I mean, and at the time it just it sounded like, wow, three seconds, that'd be easy to knock off. And it just... Well, so okay. So let's back up here. So... Everyone, Sam is here in America, and you were recruited. He's a, he was a sprinter yeah. and recruited TCU, our my alma mater, and um, so that's how Sam came to the United States. So soccer dream, competing, in, and I think I asked you this the other day. Um, you did did you just sprint? What was your was it the two hundred that you did? Yeah, well. 100, 200, 400 ended up kind of being, you know, it was, I moved around in the sprints right. a lot. Um, 100 was never my strong point and 200 ended up really being my real best right. event. And when you came to TCU, you were on the sprint team, right? Mm-hmm. There was four of you, the big dream team. And at that- Oh, the, uh, the relay team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the relay team, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Well, the- the whole sprint squad out of the sprint squad, I guess, you know, we have everyone runs individual races, but there is a relay team as well. Right, right. Okay, so take me back to London. Take me back to London. You were in high school and you were running in one record. I mean, you were you were you were doing extremely well. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a success running at the high school level, which was not very competitive. Um, I guess the district or whatever I was in, it, it would mean it was not competitive at all. But it was enough to get me interested and it Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, I, I kind of got hooked on that uh, feeling of right. winning races and trying to run fast. So, and let's look at um, like Alito High School or South Lake here in the Metroplex. And in Austin, it would be, gosh, Vandegrift and uh, Lake Travis, all of those schools, so competitive. I yeah. mean, so competitive. So that is not what we're talking about no. in London at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Well, not where I was. Right. Certain parts, yes. So, right. So can you, so you see, I mean, I'm sure you see kids of course, here in Fort Worth, that they're training for a sport and hiring trainers to do yeah. that. So what point did you start really training? Um, it was it was probably around, I think I was 15 really? years old where I, when I started. Um, just, yeah, we we had this one coach, this volunteer coach that was, uh, you know, training with a few people. And, um, she, and, uh, she essentially took me in part of the team and right. Yeah. And that was all that, I mean, it was very, it wasn't anything it wasn't, big at the time. Right. You know, there was no, there was no superstars or any like crazy, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a group of normal guys right. that were just naturally fast and it wasn't. Right. So at what point did, did you hear from the schools in the United States? Like at what point? I mean, did they reach out to your coaches or reach out to your mom? Um, I was hearing from schools 
for multiple years just never really interested me. University never it interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I almost made up my mind that I wasn't going to go to university and it wasn't um, going to be on my radar. It right. never was. So I, I just would turn it down. I don't even honestly remember the schools that wow. I was getting offered from. But, you know, um, that that happens way back you know, uh, world championships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd run on a couple uh, British teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first, first time I came anywhere near here was uh, the World Junior Championships, which was in Moncton in Canada. Mm-hmm. And all the coaches were out there. And the funny thing is, it ended up being uh, guys that were running there from, you know, Jamaica, USA, uh a couple, uh, where else were a couple other like Zimbabwe or something like that. We were all at this meet together. We actually ended up on the same TCU squad at the same time. And there was five of us on the squad from different countries, USA included, but we were all, uh, at this one world championship. So I guess that being in Canada, a couple of the the recruiters. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was a recruiting event. For, right, right. So when you got the letter or the call or whatever the case may be that TCU was interested, what was your first thought? I mean, did you say, "Nam, I'm out"? Or actually, no. I I was in, and I was in pretty quick. And the reason was because the goal for me ended up being the 2012 Olympics. 2012. And 2012. That, that was okay, in that was London. London. It right, was okay. London. I carried the Olympic torch from my hometown. You did? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just a really big deal. And, you know, it just everything lined up like it was going to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 2012, had you uh, had you signed on with TCU yet? No. no. So so that was the year we were still getting ready. And that was kind of why I didn't want university. I didn't want distractions. I, I really thought that, you know, I'm going to make it to the Olympics. And that was going to. That was it. That was my life was set. Right. I mean. I don't, it wouldn't even have been that, but you know, right. track makes right. no money, but, um, you know, I figured that was the way it was going to go. And, you know, after it, I didn't make the squad. Okay. So I'd end up with an ankle injury that had me out for a long time. It just was, couldn't figure it out. Um, I mean, we made the Olympic trials and I ran at the Olympic trials and I didn't make the team right. teams, uh, decided at, at the top three athletes, at the Olympic trials, the top three advance onto the Olympics. So if you're not in the top three, you don't go. Wow. And yeah, so I fell short of that. And, um, honestly, I was, I was kind of ready to finish track. Now I, it was just frustrating. It was just too much of a blow and I just didn't want to keep going. Right. I decided, you know, it's just, you know, it wasn't meant to be. I just, it was, to, it's time to move yeah, on. Yeah, I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just didn't, right. you know. Sure. Um, and then this opportunity came along and it kind of was like a, almost saw it as a fresh start. The athletes that were at TCU were faster than the fastest British athletes. Oh my goodness. So I figured to myself, well, if I am training and surrounded by people faster than anybody that I'll ever race, there's never going to never be a surprise <laughs> to me. <laughs> and all of a sudden the, the big names in British athletics became like, 
I didn't even, I wouldn't worry. I mean, it wasn't a worry because, right. you know, oh, this guy runs 10-1 in the 100 and he is, you know, a famous track guy in Britain. Well, my college teammate runs 9-9. Nine, nine. Wow. You know, so right. it was it was a it was a different experience because I'm kind of thrown into this world of sprinters that I hadn't even been around, mm-hmm. and so my thought was, well, college is four years. I have great teammates, super fast, that would push me to the next level. Uh, the incredible facilities, and if I didn't make the 2016 Olympics, it was because, you know, it just really wasn't meant to be. Right. And I, so that was my, that was my, my thing. I was like, I mean, it's, I really don't have a plan. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. And, you know, let's just, let's go for Rio and we'll right. move. And the decision was pretty quick. I mean, I didn't know anything about TCU. I mean, I, you knew nothing, right? I knew nothing. Never... I just signed the papers because I, you know, I, did you know it was in Texas? No, and and I didn't. I didn't really know anything about like where it was or anything about it. I just knew that, you know, my coach had named me some of the athletes and what mm-hmm. they were had run, and I was like, I'm in. I'm in. And he was like, Well, what do you want to study? And I was like, I don't know. Tell me. Yeah, I don't know. He was <laughs> like, uh, I was like, Do I have to decide that now? He's like. No, we can. I'll just put something down, and we can change it when you get here. I was like, great. So this was probably September time. I would assume. I mean, it was it was later on in 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 twenty in the in twenty twelve, and um, so I'm talking to him. I'm like, okay, great. I guess that next August. In the okay, the that that year. that would be you know. So I guess I you know I'll see you. Yeah, you know, next year, basically, like right. in a year's time when we're getting ready. New and he home. said, well, he said, well, no, we're going to bring it out in January. Mm. I was like, uh, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> so you did it. Yeah. You came on. Because yeah. track season's in the spring. So did you run? Yeah. No, I, I got, I, I started competing as soon as you I did. was there. Yeah. So oh I was training leading up and I arrived at TCU in uh, this January and then, you know, I started competing for DC straight away. Right. So it was kind of just based off of my own training. Exactly. Before I got there. Well, and you look at the the opportunity that you had with the education that you've got and you've graduated TCU with kinesiology degree. I mean, what a blessing, right? Right. I mean, I mean what a blessing. Your life has totally changed. Mm-hmm. You have not gone back to your home. Um, I, you know, I know your parents well, and I, I, I know it's very difficult for them, but do you love the United States? Yeah. And I, and it, you know, it's just the, I do, I love it here in Texas. It's, it's great. And I, and I've kind of built this great network of people around right. me. And, um, you know, I think just the, the great thing about the United States is the opportunities that it gave me versus staying right. at home. Well, you know, and you've told me this before, and, and I, I guess because I've not been to London, I've not traveled to the UK, it is so expensive, right? Mm-hmm. You were just telling me how incredibly insp- expensive it is compared to Texas, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, so you have often told me going back home, it would be, I mean, it would just be a very different change of lifestyle because you've become so successful over here, right? right? So I'm going to take you back again. So when you when you hopped off the plane and you landed, you came to Fort Worth, mm-hmm. what was your first impression of TCU? I mean, like you didn't know what to expect. Yeah. It's purple. I, I didn't know what, to, <laughs> yeah, I honestly just, I met my coach and he drove me 
here and I guess I just met up with someone who gave me a room key and that was like, all right, good luck. Yeah, good luck to you. He was like, hey, there's a, if you need breakfast, there's a McDonald's that way. So you can go there in the morning. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I just, yeah, I didn't know really where I was or what I was doing. And, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we figured it out. The first day of practice came, you know, maybe a, a few days later, mm-hmm. or a week later or so. Right. And, uh, he had a, uh, one of my long-term friends now on the team, take me to Walmart to get me everything I need. Sheets. <laughs> yeah. Just the way, right. yeah. And towels yeah. and that. And, just throw you, know, you just, right in the middle of it. Yeah. So, yeah. but what a great place to be. Yeah. Yes. And w- you, and I know just because I know some of you, you've met some of your best friends Correct. ever playing, running track and going to TCU. And I mean, what, inc- again, a great opportunity and scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Okay. So what you're doing now. So, um, I'm going to take you back where we, when we met. And of course we talked about it. I had, I've talked about this before my back injury and I met you in November, December. And I think it was, I can't even remember year it was two or three years ago. And and I and I met with you, and I was determined to show you how strong I was. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Because I'm like, I, w- I need one wor- workout because January 30th I had um, a surgery, pretty serious back surgery, mm-hmm. and I was determined to show you that I wasn't a weenie. Yeah. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to him, and you were very diligent, and I'm so impressed because um, you were very diligent with my back. I went to physical therapy. You checked in. So uh, you have. I think I've asked you this before with your population and demographics of your clients, do you have a lot of injuries? Um, are there, I mean, I know you have all age, um, age groups. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about injuries and how you work around that. Well, it's mixed. So, you know, I have my, I have a couple of people say you, you have a serious back injury. Mm -hmm. Um, there's three or four, people that I'm dealing with that really have serious injuries. Um, but I mean, a lot of office guys have back problems and you know, that's yeah. like what is a kind of less, mm-hmm. you know, it's not right. really, it's not chronic. No, it's not. And it's, it's, it's very easily fixable. Um, so some people I've got, it, it, there's like almost two different categories of injury because mm-hmm. you know, what are you, define it like if you want to define my herniated disc you know fractured right yeah there's that's a totally different deal to ex client who comes in that that has oh i just you know um you know my back locks up on me and Mm -hmm. it's just just two different yeah totally different people yeah and so there's so much different stuff to be considered between those two Mm -hmm. uh clients and with the, uh, I say overall, the what well, the goal is to have fully functioning joints that are mobile and strong in every direction. It's the only thing I focus on, and by doing that, pain is, you know, ninety nine percent of the time it's mm-hmm. it's it's fixable, right? Because it's usually some sort of impingement in a joint or you know, there's something going on that isn't allowing the joint or, 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 or to move freely. And that's really where I come in and find that. And that's where the background, the kinesiology background, you know, the knowing all about 
anatomy. Mm-hmm. That's how I can really determine where 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 the issue is because the body is so complex. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke about this before. I don't know if you've spoke about Benny on your podcast being here. Um, Benny Vaughn. Benny Vaughn mm-hmm. uh, worked with Benny as an athlete, and then obviously at Strength Studio at the gym that I worked at closely with him again as his his studio was up, his uh, therapy room was upstairs. Sports therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd often have conversations with Benny and Eric, who was my mentor and boss, about, you know, what, you know, all their input would help me structure and build, like, my, Mm -hmm. the the system that I essentially use now. But it's, it ends up being, you know, like I said, it's some sort of impingement or Mm -hmm. problem. And, you know, the... It, it was, I was amazed the first time I went to Benny, I had chronic hamstring issues. And I walk in and it ended up being something on my shoulder. I know, it is just crazy. And when that happened, I was, uh, and I, I, no, my, my hamstring is, mm-hmm. is, is hurting me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, it's really part of your hips and shoulders. That's the issue. I mean, it's maybe referring to the hamstring, but the problem is not the hamstring. The hamstring tests out good and it were you going no, yeah, yeah i don't, I don't know. think so but no. yeah yeah but but sure enough i mean you know it's all about finding the source and finding out yeah differences in lifestyles which can weigh into so much sure the way people sit in a chair mm-hmm. yes can <laughs> okay. you know lead to i feel like i'm always battling glute inactivity and lower back pain mm-hmm. and hamstring tightness through people that spend all day in a chair well, office. well, you introduced me to Benny Vaughn and Greg's known, my husband Greg's known Benny Fridge and, you know, I just love him. I mean, he just, like I said, he'll just touch me and I'm, he's, I'm healed. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So your clientele, I mean, you, do you, and I, I because you are basically now a private, you private gym. And when I go in and work out with you, it's one-on-one at right. this at now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when I watched you at Strength Studio, I would see you with some other clients, you know, before me or after me. You do not treat all athletes or your clients the same. Everyone mm-hmm. is different. Like you're not walking in and it's Monday and we're just doing these and every single person is doing the same exercise all day long, right? Correct. Okay. Why would, why? I mean, that seems so obvious, but why a lot of trainers do that? Yeah. And I think the, the, the difference is it comes from the therapy background and like I said, the the system that I have in place, which is a rehab-focused strength training versus uh, just something that I'm trying to do to get your heart rate up or just to get you sweating or to get you sore, which I don't think that either of those make a good workout. It doesn't take any uh, thought to have someone sore. You could just have people do crazy stuff mm-hmm. and people are going to be sore. Oh, yeah. And I know you've had experiences with trainers mm-hmm. like, that do that and it never ends well for anybody. No, not it, at all. It's, so what I do is more of a, you know, it's focused on rehab, strength training, total body balance and good ratios throughout body so I can essentially fix impingements and fix imbalances and you know, grow from there and 
most importantly, make sure I'm not building mm-hmm. imbalances and issues. Exactly. Because that can work too, right? Yeah. That can, you can make an issue worse even by working out. It doesn't, working out doesn't necessarily, isn't going to fix your back pain. Right. If you are further, you know, ev- every muscle works on a joint. Mm-hmm. So every muscle manipulates a joint in some way. And so that means that we can use strength training to create rest and tone in muscles to essentially manipulate joints however we want. Right. Yeah. And making sure there's, you know, pelvis tilts which cause pain in the back. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to make sure that if a pelvis is anteriorly rotated, which means forward rotated. Right. A lot of the time the lower back's tight or the hips are tight. Sorry, the hips will be tight. And the hips pull on the front of the pelvis. And as they're tight, they can move. Mm -hmm. So we need to put enough rest and tone in the back and the hamstrings that we can bring the pelvis back upright. Right. Because as soon as you've rotated a pelvis forward, the lower back, there's Mm -hmm. a compression on the, on the, on the, yeah, yeah, on your lower back. Yeah, I'm quite aware. Yeah, Yeah. right. So everything we do is rather than me getting into a gym and saying, all right, I'm going to, trash Tiffy's legs today. I'm just, we're going to do, I don't know, squat and then lunges and this and this. I need to look and I I break down the ratios and I say, well, we're dealing with some with an anterior pelvic tilt, which means the ratios need to lead more to the, 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 your leg muscles that are going to act on the pelvis to cause the rotation to come back, to keep it neutral. Wow. And that's the difference mm-hmm. from in what I do versus, you know, just a guy that has you right. throwing around the weight, which is great. And, and you know, it, it, and they're moving. Yeah. You, they, yeah. They, you know, it has, if that's a system that works for you, then, you know, there's that, you know, my TC coach used to, to say there's a million ways to roam. So some people may believe that that is even with top strength coaches, there's, there's so much variation among top athletes and top strength coaches and what everyone's doing with their guys. And there's so many theories. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what science is. It's theories. And, you know, you just get a piece of my theory, mm-hmm. which is a lot of times, you know, cherry picked information from loads of other good coaches. And that's typically how people form right. their own style. Exactly. And, you know, I came to you because I did have an injury and I did have surgery and, um, you know, you've trained me long enough to know. In fact, you said it last week. You said, you know, I'd break my arm. And you'd say, hey, let's, you know, let's go on in. I'd say, come on, let's do legs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to miss. I mean, it's just not yeah. happening. So you have that type of, of person. And, and I have to laugh because of, uh, it's been over a year now. Um, Greg, my husband, he he has never, I cannot believe this. He's, you know, jujitsu trained. I mean, uh, he, he's brown belt and he's been taekwondo. But he's never had a personal trainer. And Greg is jacked. I mean, Greg is just a meat machine that wants to throw <laughs> up as much weight as he can. And he is. I mean, that's all he cares about is it just is. like more weight. Yeah. Like, let's get jacked. Yeah. Like we always I mean, we laugh. He'll go through like, this wall for sure. Like meat machine. He is. So, yeah. so we laugh because when Greg trying to make the decision which I was shocked. He said, you know, I think it's time to take a look. Maybe I should talk to Sam about training. And I said, you should, because Greg walked around with ice on his back and his knees and his elbows constantly. Right. I mean, you know that. Yeah. And um, so Greg did. Um, he started going to you. 
And I remember him meeting with you and him saying to you, now this is what we're going to do, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I wanted to kill him. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. That's like somebody telling you how to clean a building and decontaminate. Okay. So I just can't remember. I remember that Sam, after he trained with you one time and I thought this is not going to work. He goes, damn, that guy might know what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So how difficult was that to... Well, the different the, the the problem is Greg would, you know, and still to this day, I mean, a great example, I guess, you know, the other day he was a little dizzy and um, he was like, you know, I may be dehydrated or something. And and we we was about to do a, a trap bar deadlift, which is essentially a deadlift. It's it's a... A lift that causes your blood pressure to spike a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. gosh. So I'm like, well, let's change this. We're going to move to something else. And and he just load up that bar with deadlifting. So, you know, there's some sort of give and take because, you know, I, he says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Sure. I'm fine. Well, I'm just a little dehydrated. All right. Well. You know, I light up the bar and that was the plan and he's lifting and all right, now let's go up more weight. And, you know, we woke up to like almost 300 pounds and him just repping out this deadlift and comes into me the next day and he said, I know why um, I was dizzy. I was in AFib. Right. Because he's a pacemaker. And I was like, well, first thing I'm thinking is I need to up my insurance <laughs> because I'm going to kill. Right. But that's like. Yeah. And that, I mean, that pretty much sums Greg up. But my point to Greg is that before we got here to this point where we're lifting now a lot of weight, I had him started on body weight, everything. Right. Because he couldn't move. I couldn't be. He could not. He, he was would not grunt. He would grunt, bend down, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like trying to reach down to the ground. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, you move like an old man. Yes. Back oh, is that locked d- up. That, that did it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his yeah. back is locked up. When I first saw him, he couldn't put his hands above his head. Mm-mm. You know, he gets like here. It's just mm-hmm. like, so we couldn't do shoulder press. That's out of the yeah. equation because he can't even lift his hands above his head. Right. So now I'm like, all right, we need to start with the basics. And, you know, he he was just like, a, we wanted to half rep. You know, that's kind of just like the old school. Oh, he Just did. how much weight can you throw up? Right. You know. Exactly. And. The first time I told him, all right, well, we, you know, we're doing a bench press. And I loaded up 95 pounds. And this is this is what we're going to do. We're going to do full rep bench presses and superset that with a push-up. And he's like, 95 pounds. <laughs> 95, you know, yeah. the dude that benches 300 pounds. Right. Or had it done. Right. But I'm like, I mean, you can't move your arms. Right. It's not like that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not just to throw up a number, the goal is strength through range. Yes. Is flexibility is and mobility are often confused. Mobility is strength through range. Whereas flexibility is a, a muscle's ability to relax for for range, right? right? So that means like, you know, like having a you should stretch your hamstring. It's really about losing a rest and tension in your hamstrings, and that's how you stretch. Right. But what we're talking about is keeping tension under range, and that's what he didn't have. Right. He wasn't strong through his for range. He had a small rep range where he could lift a lot of weight. 
And that was what I wanted to change. Right. You know, very strong in a small little power band, mm -hmm. at like the the good, you know, the easy parts of the lift. Right. But you go beyond that, you know, you go all the way down in the squat and all of a sudden he can't even get down in the squat. Right. He could half squat, but he couldn't even bend down. And we're past that now. You know, that's the start. That becomes the start point is I had him doing bodyweight squats. Right. He just didn't want anything to do with it. I'm <laughs> like, you can't do it. I mean, you had him holding on to a, sure. to a TRX. Right gripping on for his bare life because he right. couldn't get down in the squat. But now he's fluid. Yeah, and now he's starting to move well. and Which is know. incredible. But, the you know, I'm de dealing with trying to reverse Oh, years and years of just meeting out. Mm -hmm. You know, and Greg, like myself, we have always been gym rats. We have always, I mean, that's part of the attraction with us, and we have always done that, and, and I can... I have my way of, you know, like I feel like I've, if even if I'm sick, you and I've had this discussion, my back being out last week, mm -hmm. you're like, Tiffy, you need to rest for a week. And of course, I'm immediately going, no, 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 I can't. I can't. I'm going to get fat. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you were explaining to me that you need to rest because I'm six days a week. I mean, right. every day up early, not sleeping, you know, so that mindset for Greg and I. It's tough, right? right? So you're dealing with that. Yeah. Do you have the same thing, for example, you have former NFL football players that you do you train. Do they have a mindset or is it just they just have you been used to trainers and they trust you? Right, yeah. Um, well, I think just coming from the athletic background, well, the football guys, you know, that's – they're from hardcore backgrounds. Right. So, they, you know, they, they, they work out hard. But, I, you know – you quickly understand the importance of rest as an athlete because you just don't make it. Mm. If you're not sleeping good, eating good, recovering, right. you just break down. But that's what happens to anybody. Right. So that's the point that, like, I try, I'm, I, you know, we spoke about you work out, damage muscle, muscle tissue, and, you know, even joints and bones break down. When you work out, when they're put under stress, small fractures in the bones. And how do you rebuild that? You know, that's that comes from diet. Mm -hmm. That comes from adequate rest. So what happens when you keep training and you're not eating enough protein and you're not getting enough rest and your body doesn't have the ability to fully repair itself, you are constantly going to be breaking down joints breaking down muscles and that's right you, th then you you end up getting injured because that's right the rest is the most important part and I, I say it to everybody you know you work out everyone w will shop for their workouts and, mm -hmm. and work hard I don't have mm -hmm. right. anybody that won't really work hard when they're there right and that's the hard part done now just don't go and eat a Big Mac right. and go to sleep mm -hmm. and 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 stay hydrated and that's it. It's right. easy. You know, and you you bring up something that I really want to touch on, but um, I, I do want to talk about girls and working out, but diet is so important. Um, you know, I am, I mean, I work for the beef industry and I do consume, and, you, and you've seen me, we've had this uh, an honest, dis honest discussion because I um, do eat meat. I am definitely a meat eater. Mm -hmm. I love salads too. But when you have scanned my body with a state-of-the-art scanner at your facility, 
my physician scanned my body as well. And you both told me you are not consuming enough protein. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But you and I have had this conversation. You've seen me when I've gone out to eat and what I eat. I just don't eat a lot of food. Yeah. And it's catching up with me. Right. And I wonder if that has something to do with my injuries. It absolutely does. It just makes me sick. You know? I mean, that's yeah. eating right, sleeping right, mm-hmm. you know. It's part of it. I mean, it's, it's everything. It, it, it is. You know, and protein is so important. And, and I, I know there's animal-based protein and there's and there's plant-based protein, but protein is so important. And I'm learning. Um, I've always known it because I've just eaten it. I mean, I mean, it's just not been a question. But the amount, I remember you and I having the discussion of, what are you eating when you go home? Oh, I have an egg and, you know, yeah. some sauteed scale and a cup of coffee. It's not enough, right? Mm-mm. It's not enough because... As a woman, and I'm I'm not I'm not stereotyping women because men could think this as well. I think I'm going to get fat. Right now, tell me why I'm not by eating what you tell me to eat. Well, okay, there's there's a few like points to that. So one reason why you wouldn't get fat. Well, this we'll go into Tiffy this. ain't getting fat. So you're going to get fat. <laughs> you get fat from eating too much of the wrong stuff, not too much of the right stuff. That you, makes sense. You can't. Uh, you can't. Here's the thing is you can't overeat protein. The reason is because protein works on certain hormones and enzymes that are appetite suppressing. Essentially, like, you know, they whereas what happens with carbs and sugars causes a huge insulin spike. Now, what insulin spikes, insulin's re- released from the pancreas and it and it spikes in the presence of blood sugar. To break that blood sugar down, something that type one mm-hmm. diabetics can't do. The reason they inject insulin so they don't get hyperglycemic. Right. There's just a, there's a whole uh, another it's subject. A podcast, so, yeah. But what will happen is your body will always the body. There's some things it doesn't do great, and it and and sometimes long term benefits are sacrificed for short-term fixes. So your body sees it has a ton of blood sugar. It releases a lot of insulin to take that, essentially break that blood sugar down. And then your insulin plummets and drops. Mm -hmm. So what happens is your body says, oh, my insulin's too low. It's lower than baseline. Crave Mm -hmm. food, crave sweets because I need to get my insulin up. Right. So you crave and then you feel, oh, I'm hungry. Well, you're not hungry because the body can go for so long without eating. Right. I mean, you can fast for so long without. Sure. It, you're not really hungry. You are being signaled that you need to eat because your insulin is low. Right. So people eat more and blood sugar goes up and insulin goes crazy and you get on this yeah. up and down yeah. insulin roller coaster which just causes you to try and snack all the time oh i I need a snack i'm kind of hungry but i just want to have some little bit of crack as well Uh, you've eaten carbs and you've caused a blood sugar spike and now your insulin's gone up and in two hours you're going to be hungry again protein does not work it protein will cause a small blood sugar spike but not anywhere near the amount of a carb right so i am you know, it's it's mixed for all the people. I'm team no carb. I don't think you need to eat carbohydrates. And again, I don't want to get too far into the science, but 
baseline insulin <laughs> without causing insulin spikes throughout the day control so much stuff. <laughs> fat, fat loss included is, is in that category. So you eat more protein for a few reasons. One, to repair the damaged tissue from working out and grow more muscle. Two, it helps suppress your appetite. Yes. And three is because protein can increase your metabolism. So more, more uh, diet, if you have more food coming from protein, essentially your metabolism will speed up. Wow. And I am always for the throw on muscle. I'm always in the throw on muscle group. It's which you hear that as a woman, you're like, oh no. The, 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 the craziest thing I hear is, Oh, you know, I'm different from every other woman. If I just lift, you know, a little bit, I get so muscular. Well, well that's what everyone tells me. Yeah. Like women that are like this tiny. big. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't You don't understand. I'm going to be so muscular if I start lifting. I'm like. Kind of like an office. <laughs> yeah. I, that's not. Look off in the way. Yeah. You know, and same, I've told you this before because people will say to my face, okay, I don't think I'm a big one. I don't think no. I'm a big So people will say to me, I don't, the, what do you do? Oh, I work out. I strength train three days a week. I do Pilates three days a week. Oh, well, I can't strength train because I'll get big. Yeah. And I'm like, but I strength train three days a week, 365 days a year. And I don't think I'm big. In fact, I am at that age at 55. I'm having a difficult time keeping my muscle according to our right. scans. So Correct. why do you, what do you say to those women? Because I think it's just women. Is that right? Am I wrong? And yeah, yeah for, for the most part. Most right? part. Yeah. What do you say to these women? I mean, it's just not true. Or is there a woman that you work out and you jack up? I mean, your genetics dictate so much. That's true. And if it's if you are not jacked before weight training, yeah, you are not going to be jacked after weight training. Right. In fact, the muscular women that I train, the more it's, I don't even train really muscular women, but the more muscular women that I train, you know, they look like that in high school. Right. Like they've always been kind of more muscular and had more definition. You can manipulate certain aspects, but to completely change a physique is just not. Right. going to happen. You don't take a guy like me, you know, lifting weights four times a week in college or as, as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, from the, my freshman year to my senior year, four times a week on an extremely intense workout plan. I gained like 10 pounds mm -hmm. through four years. Would you think that? 10 pounds of muscle, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you would think you're I'm, I'm a small guy. Right. I'm, I'm never going to be 250 mm -hmm. and jacked. Right. Not without the help of, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I took enough steroids, I could get there. Sure. Now that's, an, and that's a whole that's another thing. That's another podcast. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just not going we, to happen. Women have such, so much less testosterone than men. Mm -hmm. I mean, like 10 times less. Right. More so, 100 times less in certain cases. And you like, so people see, and it's often compared to like the women bodybuilders. Oh, right. Yeah. Who number one are just really, they, they, they weren't ordinary women walking around mm -hmm. before they've been right. big, muscular their whole life. They've sure. always been big and that's how right. their body is. That's genetically, they, 
you know, mm-hmm. will hold a lot of muscle. Right. But so, there are things that you can do to manipulate it, you know. But most times women, you may gain a small amount of muscle mass, but muscle is very dense. It's not, you know, you don't just do bicep curls and they grow out. Muscle is very deep and dense and it, mm-hmm. it's it's not always going to be like super visible, especially wow. especially in women who have higher percents of body fat. Right. Right. You know, and, and when you do do the scans, I, I, I do them, you know, periodically with you. And the first thing in it, and it, it is a flaw. Um, the first thing I look and you have, you've taught me how to, we've done what, four scans probably, uh, since you're at the new facility, you've taught me how to look differently because the first thing I look at, you corrected me. I was saying body fat and you said, no, you look at your weight no, first. You look at your weight first. Right. Right. Cause I'm like, oh, oh, oh like, oh, wow. I'm. I've gained three pounds. Right. And I'm like, hang on, you've lost five pounds of fat. Right. You've gained, you know, two pounds, what, how, two pounds of muscle, whatever, you know. Yeah. But look at it that way or like, oh, you know, or oh, I've lost five pounds of fat. I've gained seven pounds of muscle. So your two pounds actually that you gained or whatever came from muscle mass versus fat loss. Right. And that's, so that's part of the problem is, People get on the scales are like, oh, oh God, I'm gaining weight. Exactly. But the only thing that I care about is body fat. Mm-hmm. That's always controllable. Right. In fact, being really fat is not genetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people may hold more. Right. Uh, depending on their parents. Right. But that's something that can be changed always. Exactly. Exactly. And the part of the thing that I look at, and it's one example that I always give is um, that muscle is like an engine. And when you look at, you know, if I had a Ferrari and I put 10 gallons of fuel in a Ferrari, then I had a Prius and I put 10 gallons of fuel in that Prius and I had them drive side by side at just, you know, 40 miles an hour, which one will run out of gas first? It won't be, they don't run out, together it's the big engine ferrari that is burning more and more fuel doing the same tasks because muscle takes a lot of energy to run it's great for buffering sugar and all in all the more muscle you have the more energy it takes to 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 run that and so what does that mean that means that you essentially you can burn more fat just by having more muscle right that's incredible. So that is the focus for me is I'm not worried about how much muscle you're going to put on because your body will dictate that. If you're eating well and you're sleeping well and we're doing the right amount of stuff in the weight room, your body is going to go to it naturally what it needs to be at muscle-wise. It doesn't just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you're ginormous. It doesn't happen. Right. Your body gets to the threshold that it, it wants to be at. And... That's would be your kind of optimal amount of muscle mass. So, so Sam, the the in the aging process. So, being fifty five, it's more difficult for me to make muscle and to hold on to it. Is that is correct. that correct? I mean, because that's just all, aging. Everybody is losing muscle. Mm-hmm. Everybody's protein is breaking down, and muscle is being lost at all times for everybody. Right. That's why even if someone that's you know trains as a teenager gets to twenty takes three years off of lifting weights they don't retain the muscle right. they don't retain the proteins um 
you know, the muscle is lost and people lose that. Mm-hmm. Right. So muscle is always being lost. And it, as you, as you get older, it just is, is lost at a faster rate. Ugh. Yeah. So the goal then starts to become, you know, like with Greg, Greg's a big guy anyway, but the goal is hold on, hold on to it. Let's right. hold on. Like, I don't, you know, may have some clients that's like put on muscle. Some people, you know, just want to maintain where they're at and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as it gets older, the stuff that I would be doing, if I, you know, run a young guy through Greg's program, they would get bigger. Really? Oh, yeah. With the volume that because I do with the Greg. Aging. Yeah, the volume that I do with him. Gotcha. Because he it's, lifts it, a lot. It's right? a lot. It's a lot of volume. And he can take it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, like I said, we worked up to that point. Right. I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make is that they get into the gym day one. It's like, how hard can I hit this every single day? Mm-hmm. But long-term growth is, you know, the only way to make long-term programs sustainable is by certain progressive overload mm-hmm. workouts right? where you start to build volume over time and you have deloading weeks where you, you know, back off and give the body a break, which naturally... I'm not training professional athletes right now. So everybody takes deload weeks and they, I just tie that into, oh, we're going on vacation here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It's perfect. Like, you know, or if people aren't taking vacations, there'll just be weeks where, you know, the, the weights are slightly held back. And a lot of times that it propels you to the next level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over time, volume goes up, it'll take a dip and goes up, takes a dip. Right. And I showed Greg, kind of the plan and that's when he was in and we're at a point now where his, his body and I'm, I'm happy where his body and his joints can safely mm-hmm. deal with that because that's a big thing a lot of people jump in you know oh, I'm going to just do this much weight but you have to realize is that you have like your joints have capabilities of what they can take it's not just you know, how much can I lift? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can lift this much. Okay, maybe, but your shoulder joint is taking a beat and, and mm-hmm. your rotator cuffs aren't fully developed to a point where you can bench press this much. And so right. you co- you're going you're to cause problems. Right. And right. I think that's the biggest issue with, you know, people that just go into the gym and just try and certain trainers that may be just trying to just bury people all the time because people are under the influence of that is a good workout. This is true. Right. Like if I don't have pain and if I'm not sore, that wasn't a workout. Like, oh my God, I'm sweating so much. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so sore the next day. This guy's great. Right. Exactly. He's great until, you know, you're in the hospital and you're having shoulder surgery and, you know. Right. Yeah. And Greg's being 66, I believe. And he, you know, that's not, he's been doing this his entire life, just like I have. Mm-hmm. So your 66-year-old male or female going into your gym, you wouldn't start out like you would with Greg or I. You know? Absolutely not. I mean, you, I mean no. it's, a, it's a progression, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I mean, training history and tra- training age is everything. Mm-hmm. And training history. Right. Greg has a, a high ceiling because he's very strong and he's always worked out. So he had this high ceiling to get to. Right. Some people don't have that. Right. And it, it's a much longer process. Right. So 
back in addressing the food, because when I was competing, um, I've told you this you know, a few years ago, I competed for a long time in um, uh, competition, fitness competitions, mm-hmm. and I ate so much food. Now, the trainers that I, they had me on different types of diets, but um, I, I ate so much food, but I worked out twice a day, you know, every day. And, and it was, I didn't get fat, but I didn't, not want, not want to say, I did not get big at all. In fact, I lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. during that time. When you, when I leave you in the morning, I see you early in the morning and I go home and I do now eat three to four eggs. That's what I have in the morning. And, uh, or I eat um, half a pound of ground beef or something like right. that. I, I really do. And I don't get big. In fact, during that week, when I tell you that I am actually going to do this, I actually lean out more. So what are you telling those people that that the old me that has avocado toast and a single poached egg, what is that doing? Because then they'll, because I'm not hungry at lunch. Right. Like I'm full. I right. mean, my body's full, just like you said. So how do you convince people, you know, you and I both have a friend that's interested in training and she's so worried about consuming protein. I mean, how do you convince? Yeah, that's the, that's the hard part because, you know, when I tell people, well, Okay, Tiffany, you need to eat 120 grams of protein a day. Well, let's break that down in what that looks like. Uh, yeah. For 120 grams of protein, well, I don't know, let's say that four ounces of beef is 25 grams. Right, right. So what would that be? Yeah. Uh, 16 the, ounces yeah. or so, or like, a, you know, a pound of beef mm-hmm. yeah. a day. Right. Which probably is not, and, and I'm giving beef as an example. Beef is the most energy dense sure. protein we could eat. It absolutely it's is. It's the top, top, the top. Right. Well, then you, let's break that down as chicken. So four ounces of chicken may be like 20 grams of protein. Right. So now it's, you need even more of that. Right. Or you go further down to plant proteins and now all of a sudden you need six massive meals a day to right. hit that. Right. But what people don't realize as well is there's certain aspects of bioavailability. Just because you eat 120 grams of protein a day, it does not mean that you are absorbing 120 grams of protein a day. Bioavailability is everything. It talks about, you know, bioavailability is what percentage of that, those nutrients are waste. Okay. Because it's not the same. A one calorie is not a calorie. Okay. And, you know, I could get, yeah. I don't count calories. Count, counting calories does not, right. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Because if I tell you, okay, every day I want you to be on a strict ketogenic diet, 1,500 calories a day or 1,400 calories of McDonald's. Oh, dear. Right. Yeah. I mean, so if calories matter, then... That's true. Then you would say, oh, well, the 1,400 calories of McDonald's would help me lose weight. That is, that is, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what are you, what are you consuming for those 1,400? Correct. Calories? Okay. So you start to look at stuff and how it's absorbed and how, you know, that is, gets into more advanced nutritional science. Right. Beef being the most, I, I use beef as an example all the time because for the women that I train, it's very easy for me to say, Okay, just four ounces of beef. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Right. That's all you have to eat. Four ounces of beef, and that's more of a okay. Yeah, I can do that. Only four ounces of beef. It's not that much, right? 
but they're getting the this big chunk of protein in right. there otherwise it's really difficult to get i mean you have to eat a lot and it's something that takes time being able to do and the like we're fortunate to have that body scanner so you Oh. You can really see it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And the equipment that you have in your gym is so incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so incredible. It just, it's so, I, I almost want to say it's joint friendly. It just smooth and glides so yeah. very well. I mean, the equipment and picking out the, and selecting the pick, equipment, how did you determine what to purchase? Well, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different types of equipment and so you kind of know the big names, mm-hmm. the big brand names. Um, another consideration for me was uh, was space. You know, it's not, a, I mean, it's a big space, but it's not huge. I'm not just right. unlimited amounts of equipment. So I started looking at certain things, Rogue, for example, mm-hmm. and they have very, um, I guess, you know, their racks and the stuff that they can do is is very like multi-purpose mm-hmm. equipment right so it's but, very space saving yeah okay. yeah so right. you know we can do this on this one you know we do 10 different things from this one little sure thing and uh you know so that's kind of the way i right broke down the gym but like i said it's it was all just the best of the best equipment mm-hmm. you know the eighteen thousand dollar treadmill right. that is a therapy treadmill Exactly. It's soft joints. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, right. it, it was just, uh, you know, I was really fortunate to be in a position to where sure. I could. So, um, so what is your plan? I mean, are you thinking, I know you've just recently brought in a massage therapist for your clients. Correct. Because that's necessary. Right. Uh, it comes into the recovery right. part of the equation, you know. You're breaking down muscle tissues. We're causing problems. You, 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 nobody is injury proof in any, even, even conservative workouts. Right. You're never injury proof. There's always, so you always need the outside help and maintenance. It's, it's, it's really important, especially, you know, people that I, like I said, yourself train three times a week. Uh, you know, the, you have to do a lot to maintain a body that mm-hmm. is being beaten up three times a week in the weight room. Right. Three times a week in Pilates. Right. And that's six times of just, you know, getting beaten up. Well, what, what, how do you mm-hmm. recover? Yeah. How, yeah. Sleep, eat well, and massage or like, you know, soft tissue therapy sure. can help if you're in pain, things like that. But that's, that comes under the recovery side, which is super important for, right. you know, getting everything out of the, the workouts. Like I said, the, the working out is the hard part. Right. People just need to, if you are working out, but you are not eating good and you're not sleeping well, you're wasting, I mean, not you're not wasting your time, but you know what I'm saying. Right. If, you, if you finish the gym and then you go to McDonald's and then you go home and, and then you're drinking beers and you stay up till four o'clock in the morning and then you wake up seven the next day and you go and work out. I mean, you've just wasted. That's such a counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing anything. Exactly, exactly. So, um, can you believe where you are right now? I mean, no. I mean, did you ever imagine that you would? You, I mean, and and I know your clients. I know several of your clients. I mean, you have built a community. You've built a friendship and a family with um, Watts Fitness, of mm-hmm. course. Um, can you believe it? It how it's been. It seems to be really quick, and I, I guess I'm in with a group of people that you know 
when it's go time, it's go time. Yes. A lot of the people that I trained didn't get where they were today by kind of being indecisive and certain thinking on it. I mean, you know, it's a lot of guys that are just, you know, will move on opportunities. Right. Yeah. So I, I've been so fortunate that I've met the people that I have. It's, you know. Right. It could just the difference of meeting one person that, you know, everybody fell in mm-hmm. line from, you know, one or two people that had reached out to me. And, you know, I guess they say you're a product of, uh, that you're an average of everybody you yeah. hang out with. So. That's true. I mean, That's yeah. true. That is very true. Now, I remember you telling me after you graduated TCU, I mean, what do you do? You you were hoping to get a um, medical, uh, medical yeah. cells, right? Right. So when I didn't make the Rio Olympics, <laughs> then that was the point where I was like, okay, well, what am I going to be doing? And I looked at medical sales. There was immigration issues, issues with the work in. Right. You know, it wasn't immigrants can only work in specific fields, and I guess sales is considered general. Okay. So that was why that didn't work out. So I went into personal training. Right. And and then, I mean, started at the bottom and had to, right. you know, add people. Yeah. To, so build people up. I remember you telling me that you would go to, to Walmart or somewhere and get a loaf of bread. Yeah, well, I have no people. I mean, I walked into a commission-only job. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. it took me a couple of months to get the first. Sure. But, yeah. you know, and then it seems crazy that was, you know, not two years ago, maybe three years ago. Hey, I was one far. of the OGs too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, you was in the first, <laughs> yeah. first punch. <laughs> the beginning. So, so when you didn't make Rio and you, you know, you just, okay, so medical sales was not the option. So take me back to when, because fun fact, everyone, you were at one point the fastest man in the mm-hmm. world, right? Is yeah. that so at one point you what were you running? Because I have a point here. So what you were running at TCU and you ran and you were the fastest, right? So what Yeah, so I was the world leader in the two hundred meters indoors in twenty fifteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Twenty yeah. So you were the fastest for a little while. Yeah, for for a minute Just, or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you woke up and then someone took over. But Maybe you, my, I think about, it was like eight days. Wow, that's so, great. Whatever. So, so when you you say I'm going to Rio, and then you have this mindset as an athlete, how is the mental part of being a math athlete? Because you had an injury. You, with not making London mm-hmm. and then the injury, then you didn't, uh, the, did, was it an injury? Your, your for Rio. T- for Rio, right? That year I was running with a hernia. Oh, that's right. That yeah. is right. I couldn't get the hernia fixed because the idea was, well, it was like, do I get the hernia fixed? Do I go and get that surgery? And then do I take the time off that was needed? Or do we just try and manipulate the training and keep going and, Mm-mm. We decided the time off was going to hurt me more than the uh, right the restrictions that we put on the training for the rest of the year. So you were that athlete that said, "Okay, I'm done. I'm done, and this now is a new goal. Yeah. And this is training, and this is what I'm going to do." So mm-hmm. you could do that, but a lot of athletes can't do that. Can well, you? I struggled a lot. Did you? Yeah, yeah, because I went from you know one of the top athletes in the world to being some dude working in a gym with no clients, and I was just went. To, yeah. it was just like, all right, that's tough. You're and just a nobody now. You're out there mm-hmm. just. Well, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, you're somebody. Well, I, but I understand. I understand. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. uh, people yeah. like, what do you do? 
well, I'm a trainer with no clients. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was essentially a desk assistant. Exactly. At a gym. Exactly. But so, look at you now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like it worked out. Yeah. But you know, that's the hard, it's a hard transition. Mm-hmm. A lot of athletes and a lot of friends of mine that have been professional to yeah. restart your whole life. Oh my gosh. Right. I mean, you, that's why the degree is so useful. Absolutely. Because a lot of people come out and then they're like, okay, well, been a professional athlete. And now I'm starting with zero job experience. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's a hard, you know, that's a risk for people, mm-hmm. employees. Yeah. So what do you do? Like a lot of professional athletes finish and they don't really know what they're going to do. Right. And it's hard to watch your uh, sport, you know. You see, I watch world championships, Olympic games, Oh, there's that guy was racing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there oh my stars. You see people that, yeah. yeah that I mean, you, oh, that guy won what? a bronze medal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. You ran against him. I ran against him in college. Wow. And this guy's doing this and they're on TV and they yeah. had these multi-million dollar deals. Mm-hmm. And I'm right. sitting at the front desk of a gym. <laughs> Again, look at you now. And yeah. you're here in the world of, I mean, there's so many opportunities. Correct. I and mean, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, just you got this fabulous degree and you are, your career's on fire. So yeah, it's yeah. going great. And I'm hired a massage therapist and we have a, uh, another trainer coming in who is a professional athlete and right. he's getting ready for the next Olympic games. So he'll be a training. Issue. He will be coming in and he will be training people for, uh, in the gym, um, a little bit outside of his training because he, he, focusing on the Olympic games. The main thing he's going to be doing is dealing with, um, my online training, right. which is getting, we're, we're getting underway mm-hmm. because now I'm fully capped. I can't see anyone else in the gym, but I could still write. I have time to write programs sure. and develop online programs that people can take to their own gyms. So they're not going, you know, so they're going into the gyms and they can apply all these principles of progression and, you know, the, like at the start, we were talking about how muscle can manipulate joints, making sure that that has been done correctly and you are on a program that is tailor-made for you versus, you know, right. oh, this dude is really jacked, so I'm just going to do exactly what he did because it must, if that works for him, that should work for me. It's not like that. Right. And you know what, Sam? And I'm quite certain there's people listening to us right now and are watching us that are thinking, great, this is fabulous. Good for you. You work out three days a week with the top trainer. Good for you. I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited because I have friends that are actually doing this with you. I'm so excited because it's an affordable way to. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, a huge price difference. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, so you're offering that. So that's what we say to the people, reach out to you. And yeah. I mean, that's great because now you have. Well, there's an app with videos and it, you know, it walks you through the workout. You just have to do what the app says. Right. And there's a messaging software, you know, it built in. So sure. You, oh, hey, I'm stuck on this. Well, that's the new trainer's mm-hmm. role. He's coming in to fulfill that. So Very when, qualified as well. I mean, kinesiology degree. So when, you, so when someone signs up for online training, is it necessary to see them? You can. Yeah. I mean, that part, yeah. I mean, if you don't necessarily always have to, mm-hmm. um, very often 
oh, I'm having back pain. I'm having this. This is my injury history. Mm -hmm. And I'm already like, okay, I know what's... Right, yeah. But that's just the the thing that's come with experience of being a trainer. Right, You you hear the same things all the time. Oh, I have this. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you because you have... You have kept me out of a lot of pain. You've coached me quite a bit in the in the years that I've known you, and you know, I just love you and your family. And um, you're, you're you're I just I appreciate yeah. you so much. Well, I mean, I'm happy to to help. It's you know, it's that's been one of the most uh, rewarding things from being a trainer. Is right. you know, people getting started as a trainer. You think that people are going to be so excited about high drop. Five pounds, you know, that's what mm-hmm. you think everyone's going to come in and be like, oh, I was just really excited about losing mm-hmm. fat or gaining muscle. Sure. But like the overwhelming, I'm like, hey, man, you, you lost five pounds. No, no, but yeah, I know, but my back feels so oh, good. Right. Like that's what people say, you know, it's mm-hmm. until yeah. you're living without pain after having chronic pain, you don't realize how good it feels to not be in pain. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and my brother-in-law sees you and he has had chronic hip pain yeah. for a long time. And he's, he's so happy. Yeah. I mean, he's so happy. I mean, I mean, I, sp- I spoke to him recently and, um, you know, he said during uh, quarantine, mm-hmm. he's like, I had no pain. Is and, it, and I mean, it's been years, years. I've known him. I think over I worked 10 years with him now. for three months. Yeah. It was a simple fix. Mm-hmm. He was telling me I've been going to this physical therapy center downtown where I do this or do it this. And oh, oh, yeah, it's not really. That's not a trick. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's if you've been doing it for years and it's not working, then God. it doesn't work. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Oh my gosh. Okay. So how can we find you on social media and then your website or for what's or just what's fitness? W A T T S. What's fitness.com. Okay. We'll have the links to everything. Okay. Great. Information and pictures about the gym and, and it's what beautiful. we're doing. And we're getting the online store ready so right, people yeah. can order there. Yeah. Um, training online and yeah. get paired with the new guy, the new trainer. And, um, well, and partly me will be overseeing all of the online program. And so you're busy. Yeah. You are busy. Yeah. Remember sitting at that desk? Yeah. Now yeah. you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you so much. It took forever to get you up here, but well, I appreciate you. Yeah. And we'll come back and talk a little more science, though. But yeah. everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you're all doing well and feeling well. And hey, keep moving. And please, everyone, keep being fabulous. Fabulous.